Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. I thank God for all that He has done. There to make me feel bad when I memorize scripture. God is really good. He has blessed us yet another week. I praise God for all that He has done for us. You know, when we were reading Psalms uh, not too long ago, somebody had read a portion of Psalms and, and the word caught my attention. And that word is called fainting. The Bible says in Psalms that our prayer will not go out with feigned lips. And so today we're going to be talking about faith lips and how to avoid, or what it means and how to avoid letting words come out of faith lips. Our lips have to be holy when we pray, when we talk to God. No matter what comes out of our mouth, it needs to be pure. It cannot be perverse. It cannot be a lie. It has to be pure before God. We're going to be reading out of Psalms. I'll be reading Psalm 17, verse 1. Then we'll be going to 2 Samuel 11, 6 8, Judges 6, 15 through 17, 1 Kings 13, 16 through 18, Genesis 3, 3 through 5, James 3, 2 through 6, and Psalms 141, 1 through 3. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for waking us up this morning in our right mind. Thank you for this opportunity to eat of the bread of life. My Father, bless us to have ears to hear and eyes to see what spirit, what you are saying unto the spirit, my God. Lord, bless us to seek you in spirit and in truth and not in the flesh. Bless me to say only those things that you want me to say. Feed us today and let this seed fall upon good ground. And bless us to bring forth fruit even a hundredfold. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the book of Psalms, chapter 17, verse 1, it reads, Hear the right, O Lord, attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. And thou hast proved my heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shall find nothing. I am persuaded that my mouth shall not transgress. Concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the path of the destroyer. Hold up my goings in thy path, that my footsteps slip not. I have called upon thee, for thou wilt hear me. O God, incline thine ear unto me, and hear my speech. Show thy marvelous love and kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand. Them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. You know, when we pray, God said in another scripture, I am nigh even 
at your mouth. When we pray, when we talk, when we give God thanks, when we read the Bible, when, when we preach, when we teach, no matter what comes out of our mouth, it has to be with a clear conscience. The word feigned means artificial, made up in the sense of deceiving, fraud, false, or guile. Sometimes when we talk to somebody, and, and we're going to go over some scriptures of the people that have done it, we try to get somebody to do what we like, and sometimes if they're not, we make something up. We make up this whole bad scenario, oh, my car broke down, I really need gas money, I don't have any food, I need this, when really all you want is a couple of dollars to go do something else. You have feigned lips, you're, you're making up a story for somebody to do something that you want. Sometimes we pray and we say, Lord God, if only I had this, I would serve you. But he already knows the intents of the heart. So that prayer that we prayed is coming out of feigned lips and God does not appreciate those. Those are the prayers that God's not trying to listen to. It's because he already knows the heart, so it's pointless in which people still do. But it's pointless to try to trick God. To try to tell him, Lord, if I had, then I would do. No, you won't. No, you won't. Because you've been had and you still haven't done. You remember that story when the rich man died and the poor man died. And the poor man went up to sleep in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man, he went to hell. And he looked up and he saw Lazarus, the same person he didn't have no respect for, laying down in Abraham's bosom full of peace and content. And as he was tormented in the flames, he said, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in these flames. But he said, no, there's a great gulf fixed that the ones that would go can't, that those that would go from you to us cannot. He said, send them to my brothers. And he said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Because God's not going to make an exception for one person. He wrote his law. He wrote his promises. He wrote everything. He told us how to live. He's not going to make an exception for one person or for one family. Because God has no respect of persons. He loves each and every one of us. He gave us all very many chances. He gave us all an opportunity. He has no respect to persons. So if he would have sent Lazarus to tell his brethren, he didn't do that for nobody else. That would have been respect to persons. So when we cry and we say, oh, well, the Lord will tell me, he did through somebody else. Because he's not going to favor somebody over everybody else. He's not going to say, well, I know they only listen to me, so I'm not going to use my prophets. I'm only going to use myself because that's all they'll listen to. You are mistaken. He's going to send you his prophets just like he did everybody else. But when he sends us to talk to somebody, what is our vocabulary coming out of? Feigned lips or out of honesty? When we pray for somebody, are we praying for them because we really want God to help them? Remember the scripture that says, pray for them that curse you. Sometimes, and I've heard it being said, that people pray for somebody in hopes that they get punished for doing them wrong. That is a wrong prayer to pray. Lord, bless them in hoping that he just punishes them because he did you wrong. When we pray for somebody, we're supposed to remember the same kind of compassion that God had for us. 
we don't want God to punish us for every single thing that we did wrong. We wouldn't make it. We don't want God to hold grudges against us. We would not be able to stand. So when somebody does us wrong, we need to pray for them with the same compassion. Lord, forgive them like you forgave me. Don't punish them because you didn't punish me. Just like I wanted you to give me a little slap on the wrist and say, it's okay, don't do it again. Do the same thing for those that hurt me. Slap them on the wrist and tell them don't do it again. When we pray, we have to pray with a clear conscience. We're going to go to 2 Samuel 11, 6 through 8. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the war prospered. And David said to Uriah, Go down to thy house and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house. And there followed him a mess of meat from the king. See, David did have good intentions why he was being so nice. David was trying to cover up what he had done. He had taken that man's wife and now she was having his child. And so now he's talking good to Uriah. Well, how does the battle go? How is everything with you? I hope all is well. You know what? You deserve a good break. Just go home, wash your feet, relax. He wasn't saying that out of a clear heart and because he loved Uriah and wanted him to rest. He was trying to get him to cover up what he did. That is one other way of having feigned lips to try to deceive somebody or make somebody do something to cover up what you've done, your mistake. Although, but you know what? One thing, David was never feigned when it came to God. He made that one mistake, but when it came to God, he was not faint lips. He said, and one reason I say that is because remember when he counted the children of Israel. The Bible says that God moved David to number the children of Israel. But even after he numbered the children of Israel and God told him, choose what punishment you want. He said, don't punish them. They didn't do anything. Punish me. I'm the one that did it. He came to God with a, a pure heart, with a clear conscience. They didn't do what I did. That's the only time in the Bible that it mentions his mistake that he made, was trying to cover up. When we pray, let's not pray and try to cover up something. God already knows what we do. He already knows our whole entire life. He already knows the grudges that we're still holding on to because we can't forgive somebody. He already knows all of that. So when we pray, let us go to him with a clear conscience. Lord, this is my fault. That's the only way he'll break you out. That's the only way that you can overcome. Let us not pray to God with feigned lips. We're going to Judges 6, 15 through 17. Judges 16, 15 through 16. And she said unto him, How canst thou say, I love thee, when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times, and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass, when she pressed him daily with her word, and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. See, we cannot be saying things to get somebody to do what we want. So how can you say you love me, and your heart's not with me, but yet her heart was to receive money and didn't care about him at all, she just wanted to get paid. But yet she's going to throw in that word love so she can get what she wants. But she had no kind of love at all. We cannot do that to God. We can't do that to each other. We are not supposed to let that kind of um, mentality be with us. When we talk to each other, we're supposed to talk out of a clear conscience. 
we love each other, we love each other purely. We don't say things just to get somebody to do something for us. And when we try to do that with God, it never, ever works. Because he already knows. And then that's when the scripture comes in when he says, you ask and you have not because you ask amiss. To consume it upon your own flesh. God already knows why you're asking. So we don't have to try to sugarcoat it. We don't have to try to butter him up because he already knows. Just go be honest. Talk to each other honest. He said, love one another by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If you have a problem with somebody, go to them and them alone and talk to them. Don't try to sugarcoat something. That way when we say, I know you, we know each other. That way when we say, oh, he likes what I do, he really does. Oh, he did this because he cares or she cares. They did it because they care. Not because we pumped them up or try to sell them some, what people call wolf tickets, to make them do what we want them to do. We're not supposed to do that. Delilah did that to, to Samson. And after she was on him and on him and on, after a while he broke. Because our words, the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. We need to remember that what we say is written down. Every word that comes out of our mouth, God writes it down. It is all recorded, whether it was deceitful, whether it was for love, whether it was to get our way, whether it was a lie, it's all written down, every word. And then when we have the nerve to go to God and pray, but all week long we were deceiving somebody or we were saying things that weren't true or we were joking way beyond too much, and then we want to come and pray. He said, you can't get fresh water and salt water out of the same fountain. You can't use the same tongue that curses man and then go praise God. You have to begin to start separating it. Curse less, talk bad less, lie less, whatever we have to do so that when we pray, we can say, Lord, this is not coming out of faith lips. This is not a joke. I'm not trying to hide something. I'm not trying to cover up something. This is what I need. This is what I want. Then when we say, Lord, I thank you for just being so good, he inhabits the praise of Israel. When all of our praise is coming out of a pure conscience, it's coming out of clean lips, then he can live there. Then he can inhabit our praises. And when God inhabits our praises, we have everything that we need. We're going to 1 Kings 13, 16 through 18. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread, nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread, nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. He said unto him, I am a prophet also as thou art, and an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. See, not only we have to watch what we say and how we talk, we also have to learn that when God tells you something, he is not the author of confusion. God is not going to tell you one thing and then turn around and tell somebody to go counsel what he said because that would be confusion. God's not going to do that to any one of us. So if God tells you, for instance, something small, if he says, you know what, get up on Saturday and give it to me. I want you to pray with me on Saturday. 
and you feel that in your heart, you know what, I'm Saturday morning, I'm going to get up and it's going to be just me and Jesus. And then somebody comes and says, you know what, I know you're supposed to pray on Saturday, but the Lord told me to tell you not to pray on Saturday, pray Friday night. That's not what God's going to do to you. He wants that Saturday morning. He's not going to go change what he told you to do by somebody else because that would be confusion. God don't do that. So we also not only don't have faith lips, but listen to if it's the, from God or not. When somebody tells us, the Lord told me to tell you this, or it does, is that really what God told you? We have to know right from wrong. And that's when we pray, Lord, bless us to discern right from wrong. Give us the discernment to know if it's your voice or not your voice. Because the devil can sound very close to God. Very close. He can make a bad thing look like it is so good. And if you're not in tune with God, you will fall for it. The Bible says, except God shortened the days of man, not even the elect would be saved. That's how bad it will get and how much power the devil has to show himself. The Bible doesn't say that he shows and tries to act like God. The Bible says that the devil will show himself to be God and that he is God of how much power God gave you. So if you don't know the difference between the voice of God and the voice of, of faith lips, you'll be deceived. You have to constantly pray, Lord, not, don't only let me have faith lips, but help me to stay away from faith lips. Help me to understand when it is you talking to me and when it's not you talking to me. Because the devil will have you go in every kind of direction if he can, just to keep you away from what God has for you. For you. God has a plan for all of us. He has a purpose for each and every one of us. And the devil don't want us to see it. He don't want us to get to that place. Because the more we walk in the will of God, the stronger we get in Christ. And the more we are less to be defeated. And his temptations become weaker and weaker and weaker the more we spend with God. So he does as much as he can to detour us, to not let us follow in the steps of God. He will tell us lies from morning till night. We were talking the other day about all of a sudden we have these thoughts of like, you know, I wasn't even thinking about that. I don't even want to think like that. But he does. He'll throw some in there just randomly to see how long he can think you think about it. We're going to Genesis 3, 3 through 5. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God that said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. See, manipulating what God had said, making it sound like God was the one lying, making it sound like, you know what, yeah, that, God told you that, but that's not true. You're not going to die. You're going to be wise. You're going to be just like God to know good and evil. He will manipulate you as fast as he can if you let him. But if she would have stuck, with you might say I could eat it, but God said don't, so I'm not, even though it looks good and even though I might become wise and I might be like God, but because he said don't, I'm not going to do it anyway, then she would have lived forever. None of us would have been sold under sin, but we don't do that today. We ask God, Lord, can I have this? And the devil knows what we want. Lord, I need a card. And the devil will jump in real quick. I got this one right for you. All you gotta do is come do this. It's the same color you want, exactly what you want. Just come do this and you can have it. You know, we don't even wait for God to answer. We just jump on it. Okay, cool. 
And God's like, that's not what I have for you. Abraham, he promised him a child and they got a little impatient. He didn't promise them a child through another woman. He promised them one with Sarah. But a little bit of impatience that they did wait 10 years. They waited a very long time. But we don't even wait 72 hours. I have found myself not even waiting three days. I asked God for something I expected to be right, like right now. And we can't do that. Because the devil also knows that we don't have patience. And the Bible says, with your in your patience possess ye your soul. So if we wait on the Lord, then we will get what he promised us. If we don't wait on the Lord, the devil can give us anything that looks good. And before we know it, we'll be so far off and miserable because that's not what came from God. God said when he gives you something, there is no sorrow added to it. So when you pray, Lord, I want this and God gives it to you, there's no sorrow added. When you pray, Lord, I want this and the devil gives it to you, there's a whole bunch of problems that follow. And in order to keep this, you got to do this. And now you got to have more work time. And now you got to do this and you got to do that. And that was not the plan to begin with because God would have just gave it to you. But you had to wait just a little bit. We need to make sure we pray, Lord, teach me and keep me from feigned lips. Let me not believe a lie. We're going to James 3, 2 through 6. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven with fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter little fire can do it. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. You know, you can control a lot. You can get mad at somebody and you can control yourself from hitting them. You can, get, you can control yourself from stealing something. You can control yourself from a lot of things. But your tongue, your language is one thing that's very hard to control. Somebody makes you mad and you Tell them off, and then lady the man, I should have said that. It just happens, it just goes. That little tongue does not stop. It don't seem like it wants to stop. You might not hit the person, you might not physically do anything, but your words can do a lot more damage sometimes than your hands. You can cut somebody so deep they commit suicide and you never touch them. You, your words can lift somebody so high, they will do what they thought they couldn't do. Your words are very, very powerful in your words. That's why when we pray, God listens, he answers. Me and Adam were talking, I think it was yesterday, that when, when Adam was naming all the animals, God honored every single name and let it stick. When he said, the other prophet said, sun stand still and moon stay, he honored what he said. And the sun stood still. And they had an extra long day. He said, it's not going to rain according to my words. And it didn't for three years and six months. When we speak, God is listening. He writes down, he honors, he respects, but he also listens to the bad too. So we need to watch what we say and we also need to watch what we hear and what we follow. 
Don't let us just follow any random preaching, any random anything. Even when I'm up here, if it's not written, don't be following it. Because we have to stick with not people's words, but the word of God is what we have to stick with. So when people start talking and it's not written in the Bible, then that's when we need to start saying, should I or should I not listen? But if it's in there, then by all means, because it is the word of God. But we need to pay attention. We need to watch. And he said, if you're able to not offend in word, you're the same as a perfect man because you can control the rest. You can you can control a lot of what you do. Fear will make you control the rest. I say that because I was running my mouth one day and I was real talking about I was going to get this dude. And I saw the dude. My old vocabulary changed. He was a little bigger than I thought. And he wasn't just big as a husky. He was big as a bitch. He was a little bigger than I thought. Uh -oh. Let's be careful. <laughs> you know, and so fear can make you act right and control, but it doesn't make you control the tongue. Because before that, I was talking all kinds of garbage. The tongue doesn't stop. So the Bible says if you guys can control your tongue, you're saying as a perfect man, and you can change all the rest. But just get a hold of your tongue and let it be contained. And sometimes if we, if we can't, then we need to pray for new tongues. Because when we serve the Lord, he said, they shall speak with new tongues. The old ones, the ones that, that talk bad, the ones that are perverted, the ones that don't, that lie and de are deceitful. I'm going to get rid of those and I'm going to give you new tongues that when you speak, it will be the truth. When you speak, there will be power behind it because God is the truth. So whenever you speak the truth, God will back it up. When you start talking lies, God don't back that up. God's not with that. We're going to Psalms 141, 1 through 3. Oh Lord, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a wash, O Lord, before my mouth, with the door of my lips. That's what we always need to pray every day. Lord, keep the door of my lips. Don't just let it open and then things come out that aren't supposed to come out. Don't just let me just say things that I'm not supposed to say that I'm going to regret later. There's another one passage in the Bible that says, keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. Because the evil doesn't grieve God. It hurts you. We could be as wicked as we want to. He'll kill us and throw us in hell. That's that. But it only really hurts ourselves. When we have a bad tongue, it hurts us. When, when our tongue sets things on fire, it gets set on fire. It's, it really just hurts us. The Bible says it doesn't give me pleasure to, to uh, hurt you. It doesn't give me pleasure to kill you. It doesn't give me pleasure to punish you. And what does it do for God when we live right? He has everything. All the praise and glory and honor and all belongs to him. What it does is for us. When we talk bad, it hurts us. And when we praise God, it helps us. So it's all about us if you really think about it. Everything we do really only affects us. Because I, we could talk bad to somebody so bad and if God says don't listen to that and he gives that person peace, none of our words will matter. To that person. It doesn't matter how bad we cut them down and put them down and say they're no good and this and this and this and that. If God gives them peace of mind, all we did was hurt ourselves. Because that person is going to go on jolly, happy, and maybe count it all joy that he did suffer. And then if he does that, then we really get hurt. And if he goes over there and praises God for us trying to put him down, then we really just hurt ourselves. So let us watch what we say. 
and let us watch what we hear. Let us watch where we follow and let us watch where we walk to. Because God is writing and counting everything. And he said at the end of the day, you will be judged for everything you did. Whether it be good or whether it be evil, you'll be judged for it. And when we stand before God, we want to know for a fact. And one way we will know is when we're standing on his right hand side. And we already know all is well. <laughs> all is well. If you're on the left hand side, nothing is well. It's all bad. And we want to know that when God calls us home, whether it was called us today or a year from now, or he returns before he calls us home, we want to know and be sure and persuaded that when God calls us, we will be ready. Our lamps will be trimmed and burning bright. We're not trying to go borrow something from somebody. We know that we are ready to see Jesus whenever he decides it's the time. We will know because we all have a lifespan. All of us. None of us is promised tomorrow. We all have a lifespan that God gave us. And there is no such thing as redoing it. It's a once in a lifetime opportunity. People say that comes once in a lifetime. This is once in a lifetime opportunity. If you miss this ticket, you don't get a chance for another one. If you hear depart from me, you don't get to hear that again. If you don't have a rope of righteousness, you won't get another chance to get one. He said, when, once he said, he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. There will be no chance for you to get right. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. You got it made. You ain't going nowhere. Let us make sure. There's another scripture that says, make your calling and election sure. What does that mean? That means that the gifts and callings that God has given you, keep them. Make them sure. Use them. Because he said, if you don't, I'll take them and give them to somebody more worthy than you. Make them sure. Let God be pleased that he chose you to gave those. Because he didn't make a mistake. He gave you what you have for a reason. Use it. And a lot of it starts with our vocabulary. Let it be clean. So that when we cry out to God, he'll be right there ready to listen. Because how many of you have seen or heard children way too young? You can hear a grown person say bad words and they're like, man, I wish they would stop. But then you hear children, six and seven, using that same vocabulary that does a different thing to you on the inside. It's way worse than if you hear a grown-up saying, a grown-up, man, be pure on you, Jesus, and you need to stop. But that's that. But a child, you more pity them, like, how? Why would you let your child do this? How do you think God feels for each and every one of his children that are just talking and talking and talking nonsense, saying things we shouldn't say? How do you think God feels? Watching his own children, you think he's going to be lying our mouth ready to listen to us? No, he's not. Because he loves us and he's full of compassion, he does it anyway, but he don't want to hear it. But when our lips are clean and we praise God, he said, I am nigh even at your mouth. I'm going up and down looking to show myself strong on people's behalf. He's waiting to help us. He's wanting to listen. He is ready to hear. But we can't have faint lips. Let us check how we talk. I'm not saying that any of you guys have faint lips. I just avoid them. You know, don't, don't have them. Make sure we avoid them so that we won't be able to do that. Because the stronger we get with God, the more our vocabulary clears up. 
And I noticed when I pray a lot, I'm not tuning my own horn. I'm not saying I'm a goody two-shoe because I'm not. But I know when I pray a lot and I read a lot and I'm always in the Bible, I can slap my finger, I can hit my head, I can do whatever it does because my head finds it feels something to hit. It just does. I don't care what I'm doing. If it's something that my head can hit, it'll hit it. And I find myself it doesn't bother me. But when I'm not in the Bible, and I've worked and worked and worked, and I try to go home and I try to get a little bit in at least, I find I hear my head and like, that's not supposed to be. You're not supposed to have to bite your tongue. It's, it's not. So keep God in, and the bad will come out. It will be a lot easier to control your tongue the more Jesus you have. The more time you spend with Jesus, the more your tongue will be controlled. And I know that because watch Peter. He tried to deny Jesus. Peter said, I don't know the man. They said, yeah, either you or it. No, I don't. And he started to curse and to swear that he did not know Jesus. And what did they say? Yes, you do, because your speech betrays you. You sound just like him. You talk just like him. Because Peter spent so much time with Jesus, his vocabulary, his speech started sounding like Jesus and he couldn't deny him like he wanted to because they knew he was with him. They knew. It's supposed to be the same way with us. Our speech is supposed to betray the flesh. They know Jesus. They spend time with him. They talk like him. They act just like him. What comes out of their mouth, it is Jesus. We know that there's a difference between those people. Our speech is supposed to betray us. And people are supposed to know those people know God. Everything that comes out of their mouth sounds like Jesus. And that would be a very good prayer on our behalf. Keep God in. Spend as much time as you can with them so that we won't have faith. So that when we pray, it won't be for the same one thing, but we really want something else. It won't be like that. When we go to God, he already knows my child. He says what he wants, and I can believe everything that comes out of his mouth. He's not covering up something. He's not trying to hide something. He's not trying to praise me so that I'll go hurt somebody for him. He's not doing that. He is praying sincerely. His lips are clean. Remember that one story in the Bible when he said, I think it was Daniel, but I'm not sure. He said, I have unclean lips. And the angel went and got a hot coal off the altar and touched his lips and said, your lips are clean. We need Jesus to clean our lips. Isaiah, we need Jesus to clean our lips so that when we speak, there will be power behind it. When we pray for somebody, God will answer and heal and deliver and set free because we are praying through clean lips, not fake ones. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. We're going to open up the altar if anyone needs prayer. Just come up. Mine is that God blesses me to speak like him. And my lips won't be faint. And I will say what it is, how it is. Yes. Watch your eyes, what they see. Watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. There's a father up above looking down in tender love. Watch your eyes, watch your eyes, what they see. Watch your ears, watch your ears, what they hear. Watch your ears, watch your ears, what they hear. There's a 
one accord yes, with you, my God. Jesus, yes, Jesus. Lord, that when trials come, when tribulations come, we will know that you are with yes, us. Lord. We won't budge. Yes. We won't move. Yes. We won't be defeated. Oh, we won't back down. Oh, we will not bow oh, to any Jesus. other God. Jesus. Because there is only one and true oh, yes. living God. Yes, 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 yes. My God, give us the strength to go through this yes, next week, Lord, oh Lord yes, God. Lord. Give us the strength to stand firm, yes. to say yes when we're supposed yes, to say yes, yes. yes, to say no when we're supposed Thank to say no. Yes, my Father, to stand firm Jesus, on Jesus. what we believe. Yes, my God, to not let evil have dominion oh, over us, Jesus, my God, Jesus. but bless us to use yes. the power and yes. the authority yes. that you have already given us. shine upon each and every yes, one of us Jesus. and be gracious unto us, O Lord God. You, Lift up your countenance upon us 
and give us peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. received with an open heart. To live it out actively with all of your being will yield you a bountiful return. Thank you for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you. And may he forever keep you.